Mercy. Yep. You know what? Y'all sang like y'all meant it this morning. Where y'all been? I like it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 is where we're going to pick up. Uh, how many of y'all saved this morning? How many of you know how you got saved? Okay, you know on the surface I'm going to teach you this morning how you got saved, and it's going to be good. We've been talking about the ancient message being revealed. Amen? That ancient message we learn is the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God we have described as the plan of God in salvation. And so the, the key to it is, though, you have to understand that the revelation of God has to be revealed to you. And this is the last section in, in this passage. And so uh, as a point of illustration, I want to do something this morning, and then I'm going to do something that I've never done. I'm going to reveal to you later on how I did it, okay? So I need a volunteer. And uh, Albert, they wouldn't believe me and you for one minute. So <laughs> the only person that you will probably trust is Gwen. Gwen, would you help me? Come here, Gwen. Okay. So now I've got this. I've got a dime right here, and uh, I've never met you and before, right? So, That's okay, right. all right, that dime's normal, right? You look at it, that dime's normal. Is there any markings on that dime? There's no markings on that dime other than just the normal markings. Here. All right, would you mark it like you with something that you would recognize again? Amen? Okay, put the top on that. Okay. What is Pastor doing? I got y'all's attention, don't I? I? Okay, well, I want to give you, you know, you have that right. So hang right there just for a second. Okay, let me get this snake right out of here. Is she still there? Okay. Okay. All right, we're going to do this. Okay, now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to unwrap that right there for me. Okay. <clears throat> Just unwrap that. Can you see? It's a Rubik's Cube? No, it's just a box I made. It's just a box I made. Now, when you open it up, there's going to be a little cloth thing in there. Okay. Is it in that cloth? Is it in there? Can you open that up? It fell out, didn't it? Is that your dime in there? You get to keep it, amen. So, Now, this thing right here has a rubber band around it, and the dime was inside of that. Now, how did I do that? Okay, the only way you're going to figure that out is if I tell you, right? You, you, you couldn't figure that out in a long time. I couldn't figure it out either, but you're going to have to wait to find out how I did that. As a point, see... I witness to people all the time, and uh, they, they just don't get it. When I was a young man, I used to preach. I preach the gospel. I give it everything I had. And you know what I find out? Nobody gets saved. And I go home frustrated. It drives me crazy, and it just hurt me. And I just thought, it's me, and I'm not doing something right. You know what? I have one job to do this morning. My job's not to please you. My job's not to... Do but one thing, and that's to reveal the message. 
And even if I do my job perfectly, there still has to have something happen. The Holy Spirit has to reveal the truth to you. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at this this morning. We're going to look at the trilogy of what I want you to hear. I want to talk to you about the threefold wisdom of God in this revelation of God's plan of salvation. And this is not like a three-point sermon, but I'm going to tell you the three things you need to be looking for because they're going to intertwine through this, but I want you to hear me. Revelation, inspiration, illumination. And you may not know it, but when you were saved, those three things happened in your life. The revealed message that was inspired was illumined in your heart. Now, let's read our text, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. We've been talking about the the message, the ancient message that was given to us for a modern society. That was the first message in chapter 2. Then the second part was, the the key was in verse number 7, where he says, On the contrary, we do speak a word of hidden wisdom. In a mystery of wisdom, God predestined before the ages for our glory. The hidden message. And you say, well, why did God hide it? And Paul is talking about the natural man is what we're going to talk about today. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament. But until the message is revealed to you, you're just not going to get it. And many times I just share with people and I walk away and I think, not a clue. Spirit of God not working. But we planted seeds in the soil. And we wait for the Holy Spirit. Do you, if you have a family member or a friend that you've been sharing with and they're just not getting it, I'm, I want to hopefully you'll get it today to learn how to pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the truth to them. And it'll happen in God's timing. So we don't quit, we just keep pressing on. We keep pressing the message. Look at verse number 9. I love this. But as it is written... You see, we're quoting from Isaiah 64 here, the part of the Bible that some preachers say are irrelevant today. Well, Paul thought it was so important that, see, one day Paul, as a Pharisee, didn't get it either. He didn't understand it. But all the passages that Paul learned as a Pharisee in the Old Testament, one day he received Jesus as his personal Savior, and all of a sudden all that Scripture that he just by rote memory became meaningful to him. He began to understand it. And here's what he said, what I did not see and ear did not hear and what never entered the human mind, God prepared this for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things, revealed these things, he revealed these things to us by his spirit for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Who else is going to tell you about God and explain it to you better than the Spirit? For who among you knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man that is in him? Nobody knows what you're thinking right now. person sitting right next to you, been married to 40 years. They don't know what's going on in your head right now. They don't know. And you don't know what's going on in their mind, but you do. So God's Spirit understands God. And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which comes from God. Here is the key to the message, this phrase right here, so that we may understand. The ancient message revealed, so that we may understand what has been freely given. The Holman Christian says that. 
Other translations may say what's been given to us freely or by grace. It's been given by God. So also we speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those that are taught by the, by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. Those of you who are spiritual and have Christ, you get what I'm saying right now. A lost person would say, these foolish, moronic Christians. It's a, it's a juxtaposition. But the unbeliever, listen, the natural man, he does not accept or welcome what comes from the Spirit because it's foolishness to him. He's not even able to understand it since, it's, since it is evaluated or judged or revealed spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Another Old Testament passage, Isaiah 40, 13. Who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? No one. But we have the mind of Christ. Boy, that's good right there. So since ancient times no one has ever heard, no ear has perceived, Isaiah 64, 4. Paul has, te- has told us right here, I-, I tell you probably one of the greatest things in all of creation, that the eyes are the grandest of God's creation. We are the grandest of God's creation. The eye, uh, there's, there's nothing in all of creation so special as the eyes of men. Yet, they lack the ability to see God spiritually. The physical eye is a magnificent thing. The splendor, the zenith of God's creation. The ear has heard some of the most beautiful music theater, joy, sorrow, the sound of the wind and waterfalls. The ear has heard it all, but yet it lacks the ability to hear from God physically. The mind of man contains the creative power of God. What else in all of creation? How could a fool say that he doesn't believe in a God when he himself has one of the greatest things of creation that God made within his own head? The mind, the depths of knowledge, and the thoughts of man are are vast. The brilliance of academic realms is completely overwhelming what man has done in his mind. The mind, the ears, the eyes of man are woefully inadequate spiritually, however, to understand who God is. Righteousness and holiness and the entrance into heaven are all outside the realm of a sinful man. It really is. Therefore... What's a man supposed to do about the knowledge of God? Well, the threefold wisdom of God in the plan of salvation works like this. Notice in verse number 10, the the word there in verse number 10, that's so important. Now, uh, God has revealed. I love that word revealed. It's, It's the word here that refers to the revelation of God. In Matthew chapter 11, it says, To what can I uh, compare this generation, Jesus said. They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. And then he says, We played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. He says, We've done everything. In other words, Jesus gives the example. He says, We've done everything to bring you to the party, but you won't come. And so now... He says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He turns to the Gentiles. He turns to the world, and the gospel message became open and free and moved by the Holy Spirit. He says, for John came eating and drinking, and they said, oh, he said, he's got a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, oh, he's a glutton. He's a drunkard. But wisdom is proved proved right by her actions. Unless God reveals it to you, You're not going to get it. 
Israel rejected their Messiah, and the Lord blinded their eyes. They can't get it. And so this morning, you're going to see exactly how you were saved. How in the plan of God, the Jews will come at some point in time. But listen what he says about it in Isaiah chapter 52. He talks about his servant and how the servant will be raised up and lifted up. And, and then the kings will look and see it and they'll shut their mouths in the day that Israel comes. Listen what he says. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. There will be a day that God will lift the blinders off of Israel and they will come by the millions. Amen. How's that going to happen? Revelation. Amen. Revelation. It's just going to happen. And, and man, we're going to get to see it. I think that'll be the time in the millennium when all the Jews are going to come to the Lord Jesus. The passage before us and the Isaiah passage, it, teach, it teaches general and specific revelation. The nature of Israel will see, they will come. Revelation comes only by the way of the Holy Spirit. No matter who it is, how it is, when it is, whether it's now with us or the days when Israel will come in, People come to know Jesus not by human effort, no matter what they try to do. It has to come by way of a revelation from the Holy Spirit of God. In Romans chapter 1 and 18 and following, we always worry about, well, what are we going to do about people who have never heard? I want to tell you, go back, listen. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. You listen very carefully to me. And the Calvinists need to perk up right here and pay attention. God can reveal to anyone at any time and anywhere, period. My job is not to worry about the sovereignty of God. My job is to preach the gospel. Just reveal the truth. Let the Spirit of God work. Who are we to think so pompous, man, that I got God figured out? I know who all the elect are. No, you don't. Just do your job. If you spend as much time witnessing as you did in doctrinal heaven, you'd get this thing figured out. The Scripture says God can reveal and help his people to know and understand anytime, anywhere. It says the Jews will come by way of the revelation of God to them. Revelation comes by the Spirit. They say, oh, well, I, what about the people that don't know? In, Revel, in Romans 1, 18, it says, although they knew God, they glorified him not. It's not. It is not about what they didn't know. They did know, and they didn't glorify God. You can't look at this world, and I want to submit to you, the heavens declare the glory of God. And listen, I don't think you can live in this world and understand your eyes and your ears and your mouth and your mind and not know that there's a creator. As a matter of fact, I think God puts it within every man. That's why I've said many times from this pulpit, atheists are just liars. Well, I don't believe in God. You're lying. You do believe in him because he put it in you. You know your soul cries out for its creator. You can't prove, that. You can't prove me wrong on that. I'm just telling you. You just bring it. And bring your Bible. Although they knew God, they did not glorify God. The truth reveals why a man cannot just wake up one morning and say, you know, I'm just going to get saved today. No, you're not. You're going to get saved when the Spirit of God begins to draw you and awaken it to you. Amen. The Bible says you're dead in trespasses and sins. Anybody heard from a dead folk 
lately? No, I tell you, you're not hearing about dead folk. And if you are, you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> dead people don't talk. And you're dead in your, your trespasses and sins. You don't understand spiritual things. And you're not going to understand it until the Lord Jesus begins to open your heart and awaken you. This is why it's so important, listen, for you to understand as pastor preaches today, if you're watching by way of the internet and the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with you right now, you need to respond today. You see, because you can't get saved unless the Spirit of God's drawing you. And if He's drawing you, you, if you walk out of here today with the Spirit of God drawing you, you may never get another call. It makes my heart hurt. In verse 11 and 12, this is illumination, not revelation, but illumination. The key phrase is so that we may understand. The revelation is understood by illumination. Verse 11 gives us the first leg of this comparison. Just like no one can understand what's going on in the person that's seated next to them, you can't understand what's going on in their heart. And so God has to reveal his spirit to you. The spirit of man knows what's going on in his head, and therefore, he says here, the spirit of God knows what God's thinking and what God's doing because he is God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. It is the mind of God. It is the wisdom of God. Many of you may be under deep conviction right now, and the person sitting next to you has no idea. The person sitting next to you may be in Miami right now thinking on the beach. You may be terribly convicted and they're off in la-la land. They're not even paying attention. Some of you may be wandering. The person right next to you doesn't even know that. You talk to people at work and they make you mad and you're sitting there looking at them like, you big dummy. You don't have an argument. Go back to your desk. You say that in your mind. And then you're looking at them like this. (laughs) Yes, okay, we'll work on that. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what's going on. But I want to tell you, when it comes to spiritual things, the lost man has no idea what's going on with God. Has no idea. Many of you rejoice in the fact that you understand right now what I'm saying. And the message of the cross, the message of this book that I'm preaching is so clear to you right now, you just rejoice into it. But I want to tell you, when I hear a good word from somebody, I don't care where it comes from. If it's the truth, it goes into my heart, and I just rejoice, and I say, I get that. I understand that. That is so beautiful. And you know why? Because the Holy Spirit lives within me. Oh, what a wonderful thing. The Holy Spirit is there. The the same Spirit, but listen, here's how it works. The same Spirit that melts the snow hardens the clay. He may melt your heart, and the person next to you is lost. It calluses their heart. Every time you hear the message and you reject it, that's what happened. The Holy, the Holy Spirit doesn't know some things. The Holy Spirit knows all things. L- listen, the word there for revelation in verse 10, I like this, is, listen, apocalypto. That's the word. We get our word apocalypse from that. And do you all know what the apocalypse is? This means to take the lid off of something, to uncover something. Understanding is to perceive something. He uses the word revelation right here. He says this is, now God has apocalypsis. God has the apocalypse. He's apocalypsed you. He has revealed these things. He took the lid off of it. He took the cover off of it. When somebody do you come home at night and you're hungry and your wife is cooking or your husband's cooking, you say, what's for dinner? What do you do? 
You take the lid off. And you look in there and you say, ooh, that looks good. Well, I want to tell you, that's apocalypsis. It's taking the lid off. And the Lord takes the lost man, and it's the great unveiling. It, he takes it off. That's what the apocalypse is going to be. It is the great unveiling. That's why we call it the book of Revelation. Many of you mess up. You say, yeah, I've been reading Revelations. And I want to say, what book are you reading? Some of you say to me, well, Brother Jerry, I don't understand the book of Revelation. Well, I want to tell you, you do. Because the book itself, the word revelation means apocalypse. It means the great revealing. The great revealing of what? The book of Revelation is about Jesus being unveiled. It's when all of the people of the world are going to see him for who he is and they're going to understand it. And you better understand it now because it'll be too late then. It'll be the unveiling, the revealing, and everyone lost or saved then will know. He won't be everybody's savior on that day, but it'll be the great revealing. So the next time somebody says, well, I don't understand the book of Revelation, you should say, oh, yes, you do. It's about Jesus. Don't have a spell right here. Notice what he says there. It's freely given to us so that you may understand what has been freely given to us. The word freely right here. It's been freely given to us so that we may understand it. Do you know how blessed you are this morning to have received the grace of God? That you know what I'm saying is true? You understand who Christ is? And let me tell you, the, the word here is I do, which means understanding. And the word charizomai. Uh, uh, and do you hear something in there? Many of you little Greek scholars, you understand this? Charizo, charis. You know what the word charis is. It's the word for grace. And there's so many words in the New Testament that right in the middle of that word is the word charis. And God has freely given it to you. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to beg for it. I love listening to all these crazy preachers on TV talking about begging God for stuff. And I want to tell you, when it's grace, it's grace. It's free. It's been given to us. The revelation and the understanding of the wisdom of the plan of salvation, it comes through grace. The text says freely given. It's a passive participle. It means it comes from an outside source. It comes to you. God is given. God is giving. And God will give freely the understanding of the wisdom of God's plan. That's called illumination. It's illumination. You get up in the morning. You go in. You open your Bible. And you open it. And you begin to read. And it just touches you deep in your soul. That's illumination. You see, how does that happen, y'all? How does that even happen? Well, because of the inspiration. And in verse number 13, we see the inspiration. God inspired the Bible writers and the prophets so as to reveal or to illuminate spiritual truths. Verse 13 teaches us that the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I'm going to tell you how that happens. So here's the deal. If the revelation was given to the prophets by inspiration and then you have the author living in you and the author reveals the truth of the revelation to you, that's illumination. So we have the threefold leg of this. And listen very carefully. You say, Pastor, is this important? Absolutely, it's important. Any leg of this process that fails, you don't get saved. So the revelation came. The prophets were inspired. The Holy Spirit who inspired it is living in you. 
and the Holy Spirit living in you. See, that's why you get the Spirit at salvation. See, listen to me. Listen. If you don't have the Holy Spirit right now in you, you're not saved. Period. Pastor, don't you love me? Absolutely. That's why I'm telling you the truth. When you receive Jesus, you get him all. get everything. You get all of heaven. If he gave you Jesus, which was everything, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals you. The Holy Spirit is a mark of ownership. The Holy Spirit is authority and power in your life. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit is knowledge and truth. He lives in you and reveals the truth to you. You all right? Pastor, is this really in the Bible? 2 Peter chapter 1. We did not follow cleverly invented stories. In other words, here's where we are right here. Peter's about to describe the transfiguration. Okay? So that's the context. Remember when Jesus was transfigured? Now listen very carefully. Especially those of you who are very emotional. Listen very carefully. We didn't follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That's the transfiguration. Peter's looking back and saying, hey, when Jesus was transfigured, I was there. Y'all all right? For, we, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came. He heard it. It's my son in whom I'm well pleased. Lord, should we build three tabernacles? No, this is my son. This is my son. To him from majestic glory saying, this is my son that I love. With him I'm well pleased. We ourselves, we heard the voice that came from heaven. We were with him. We saw it on the sacred mountain. I saw it. I heard it. I smelled it. I tasted it. I was in God's presence. I saw Jesus. I saw everybody. I got goosebumps. I saw the vision. I had Jesus bumps. I got, I got happy. I got happy. And so I put all my faith and trust in that. Nope. And we have a more word. Verse 19. But we have a, a word of the prophets made more certain. You see, what you see and feel and hear and taste is no good. Because Satan can help you to feel and see and taste and understand his way of thinking. So you have to have something to compare your experience to. And I have people tell me about all these experiences they have. And they're very emotional, but they contradict the Scripture. And if you have these visions and dreams and all these emotions, and it contradicts the Word of God, uh, Peter says, you're in big trouble. He says, I have a word of the prophets that is more certain. And he says, and you'll do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Above all, you must understand, listen, no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophets on interpretation. So the Mormons have lied to you. They did not get a revelation from God. It is not Joseph Smith's revelation. The revelation that you must trust is this book. If you have extra biblical material, you've got something that's not from the book. I had a woman tell me one night I was struggling with my salvation and I just went out and asked the Lord for a vision to prove to me that I was saved. And I saw Jesus up in my juniper trees. 
Now, what if she really puts her faith and trust in that? And she gets up and stands before Jesus, and, and Satan pops up and says, that wasn't Jesus, that was me. I just looked like Jesus at the time. You know, I'm the angel of light. I can change shapes and sizes. I can look differently. I put that on your heart. I put that on your mind. Do you know what never, 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 ever changes? Is the book. Book doesn't change. If you're experienced, quit relying on your experiences. Believe in miracles, but trust Jesus. Listen, for prophecy did not have its origin in the will of man. If it came from a man, it's subject to error. But men spoke from God as they were, listen, carried along by the Holy Spirit. What does carried along mean? Let me give you a passage where this comes from. There's another place where it's used. In Acts chapter 27 and verse 15, it's the story of Paul the Apostle. And Paul, Paul the Apostle said, I, I appeal to Caesar. So they got to get Paul to Rome and then to get on a ship. And then Paul says, don't go anywhere, man. The Lord's told me we shouldn't fly. No, we're going. Captain takes off, and they get in a terrible storm. And while they're in that storm, the ships weren't made like they are today. So while they got in that storm, they want to let the anchor down to hold her there. And then here's what he says. No, we got into the storm. And verse 15 says, and when the ship was caught, we couldn't bear it up anymore. The ship was being torn apart. Here's what they did. They picked up the anchor. And what does the text say? The text says, we gave away to it and we let her drive. And the word there is Pharaoh. And it's the same word that's used in verse 21 that Peter used, carried along. The idea, how did the prophets get the inspiration of the Scripture? It's as a boat on the water. We picked up the anchor and we just let her drive. We just let the wind blow us where we needed to go. And did God dictate to his prophets? No. He just used every one of their life experiences, their vocabulary. He used them as normal human beings, but he inspired what they did. And the Holy Spirit just carried them along as they wrote the text of the Word of God. That's how you got it. That's called inspiration. Y'all with me? You want to know how good and how perfect the Word of God is? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Listen very carefully. This is so good, it just gives me chill bumps. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's what? It's God-breathed. It's useful for teaching. It tells you what's right. Rebuking tells you when you're wrong. Correcting tells you how to get right. And training tells you how to stay right. That's the Word of God. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. The, the word for God breathed is theonoustos. You got theos, which is God. Theology comes from theos. And noustos, we get words like pneumonia, air, wind, lungs, the Word of God is literally God-breathed. It's God's air. It is the life of God Himself. That's why it's inspired. Because it's literally the Word of God. Timothy says the Scripture is God-breathed. This Word is so important. The Scriptures are spoken of here as God-breathed. It is so important. The Word is, is related to Christianity like nothing else in no other way that there is no other pre-Christian use of the word theonoustos in any literature that's ever been found. This word is so important that God reserved it for the description of the Word of God in the Word of God. 
that's pretty good. It's God-breathed. You want the truth? It's, you can read devotional material. You can do whatever thing you want. People say, Brother Jerry, I need a new devotional book. Why? If the devotional book you have doesn't have the word in it, you're just wasting your time. Get in the book, man. Get in the book. Read the Word of God. It is God-breathed. You say, Brother Jerry, wow. Look at verse 14. Here's what he says. Why is the, the revelation, why is the inspiration and the illumination so important? What is this about the ancient message? But the natural man, he doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. Now listen, neither can he know them. He doesn't have a chance because they're spiritually discerned. So you may listen to me and you can laugh and you can say, that old crazy redneck southern preacher down there, he ain't got any sense. I got a Ph.D. Listen, some of these people have Ph.D.s in theology. In theology. He's, he's Dr. Sounding Brass and Tingling Symbol. That's what he is. He's always learning about the Word of God, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. I take an old country preacher back there that'll unloosen his tie and get red in the face and preach the Word of God like he means it over some lost theology professor any day. And our seminaries are full of them morons. They're everywhere. You give me the guy that's filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll follow him into battle. You know, the truth revealed to him. Any link that misses the threefold wisdom of God will take a man to hell. And in this text, Paul literally talks about the natural man. He talks about the spiritual man. And in chapter 3, he starts talking about the carnal man. The assumption of the argument, I, I love the NIV and the King James here. The King James says, the man without the Spirit, he doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. The word foolishness is the word moronic. They really think the lost man, when you're sharing with him, you have to understand this. You've got to take your feelings and just put away from them because you're talking to them and they think you're just a moron. You're just an idiot. But you just plant those seeds... And I've seen those people that have called me morons come flying to the altar. These big old boys come flying to the altar and get down and start weeping like little babies. Because I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit can crush your heart. And when God starts dealing with you, nobody will keep you from coming to the altar. I was one of them, I know, I'm telling you. The natural man is the sukaikos. It's the sukaikos. It's the physical man. He is a physical or a natural, but the spiritual man is the pneumaticos. Did you hear that? Pneumatic, pneumatic. He's the wind man. He's the man that has the wind in him, the man that has the Holy Spirit in him. He's the man that the Spirit of God has indwelt his heart. He becomes a spiritual man. And once you become a spiritual man, the, the, word, uh, the word for pneumaticos, pneuma, it, it refers to something different. It refers to being spiritual. You see, he was, there was a man, the man in Egypt. Dr. Vines describes Israel, man in Egypt. He's lost. Then he came to the promised land. He's the spiritual man. And then look in chapter 3. Paul describes them as this. Brothers, I wasn't able to speak to you as spiritual people. Paul says you're carnal. 
People ask me all the time, can, can saved people live a life like that? Absolutely. They're carnal. That's what's wrong with them. That's why they stay in the woodshed all the time. And listen, nobody can look at verse 15. I love this. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything. Yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Y'all ever had a friend tell you, Brother, I appreciate you so much. You, you've been so good to me. You've been such a leader in my life. I appreciate that. And you know, and your heart makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Because you know in your heart what you really are. And you're wondering in your mind, how in the world was I an example to you? That's what you're thinking. See, nobody knows what's going on in your heart but you. You and I want to be that person that's a good example for you. But nobody, listen, when you get saved, listen to me, you get some red flags with it. You do, you get red flags with it. It's awesome. And you begin to work things out. Your soul has a check valve in it. You evaluate things for yourself. When I got a seminary, this was great, when I got a seminary, for the first two, three years, I'd be doing some of my study and I'd get into something real deep and I'd be like, oh man, I remember we dealt with this. But my professor told me, I got to choose what I believe about this. And there's three or four different views of what this passage might mean. You know, I called back. I said, hey, uh, can you have Dr. Skinner give me a call when he gets a chance? I was petrified. I was scared to make a choice was scared to put my feet down and say, that's what I believe about this. And so for years after that, what I would do is say, okay, here's what the passage says, and here's the three views to this passage. I don't do that anymore. I know what I believe about it. You know why? Because I began to judge by way of the Holy Spirit. God grew me up spiritually. See, no, you've got, when y'all driving down the road and you listen to some guy preach on, on the radio and you go, well, what'd you say? And you wish you could run it back. Why Why you do that? Because you got a check valve in your soul. You, the Holy Spirit put the judgment in you. You judged the message. And I'm still thinking about it. God said something the other day about the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, you know, and mm, I was like, boy, that really sounds good. But I'm not settled on that just yet. And I'm still chewing the cud on it. It's still coming, and uh, we ain't got time to deal with it now, but I'll tell you what it is if you want to know. But the truth of the message has to be, literally, the truth of the message has to be revealed. Amen? Now look at verse, verse 16. Here's what I like about this. Here's why I, lo I love this. So, what a, what a good verse. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? Listen to me. You're never going to tell God anything. He doesn't already know. But look how good God is. Is that the last sentence? It's not the last sentence. This, this makes me want to get teary-eyed. But we have the mind of Christ. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you have the mind of Christ in you. The Holy Spirit... I'm trying to help you feel, know how important and special you are. 
that God revealed his wisdom, which is the plan of salvation to you. He saved you, and you have it in you, and you know it. You have the mind of Christ in you. If you don't, you don't. You can't be a little pregnant. The old country preacher say, you is or you ain't. And you're not going to be a little bit saved either. You either have the Spirit or you don't. It's about the revelation that was inspired, that is illumined. When you hear the truth, you just know it. So see, see, now I did a little thing there at the beginning this morning. I did a little trick. And uh, I was hoping I would get a little applause, but I didn't get any. But I thought... <laughs> I thought y'all would be really impressed. And y'all thought to yourself, how in the world did Brother Jerry get that dime inside that box with all those rubber bands on it, inside a bag with a rubber band around it? How did that happen? If you knew how easy it was, you'd say, he's not a magician. He's just got a trick. He's got some knowledge that I don't have. Well, here's how I did it right here. See, it's a little piece of copper tubing that I hit with a hammer and flattened it out. And I took a glove, a pinky, cut it off. I put it on here, and I put the rubber band around it. And then I clamped that box together on it like that, and I put rubber bands all around it. Okay? So then... When Gwen gave me the dime, I just dropped it down in there. And the rubber bands are around everything. So when I pulled it out, it clamped up just like that. And I did that in like four seconds. And y'all thought I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know. Now, now you know. See how easy it is? See, this is like faith. I'm looking at this door. And it says, saved by grace. God's wisdom. The message of salvation. I ain't sure I believe that, but I'm going to trust God and give it a try. I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. And I go through that. Turn around and look and it says, chosen before the foundations of the earth. You'll never know what it says on the other side of the door until you walk through the door. You'll never know what it says until you get through there. You see, you open your Bible, I just don't get this. I don't get this. I don't understand the Bible. You know why you don't understand the Bible? You, you don't have this. You don't have that key. You don't, you don't have the thing. And the thing is, the author has to live in you. And then the author begins to explain the word to you. Then you understand the two realms, the two worlds, you see, you know what I found out when I got saved? One day in this old trashy world, I was swimming downstream. Whoo, man, we were killing it. I was surfing with my big old self down the river. <laughs> and then I got saved. Now we're going this way. And it got tough. I was like, wait a minute. Culture's going this way. When you go with them, it's easy. When you turn around and come this way, oh, it's hard. 
See, and then you wonder, what's going on? Well, the Holy Spirit, see, the Bible says that we're sealed. And it's a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. And I'll tell you, immediately when I got saved, the Holy Spirit said, I want to take that out of your life. You're a filthy mouth construction worker, and I want to take that language away from you. You've got these little vices in your life. This won't keep you from heaven, Jerry. I've saved you. But for you to be the example you need, I need to take that away, okay? Lord, I can't quit doing that. Good grief, that is hard. And then the current somehow works that out of my life. And then the Lord takes the, the, the revelation, the inspiration of the Scripture changes my life. Amen. Jesus and only Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the message that's been revealed. Lord, the longer I preach, the longer I study your word, the more that I see that you literally are screaming from heaven. You're chasing men down. You're chasing women down. You're chasing the, with the scriptures. Your Holy Spirit is drawing. Your Holy Spirit is apocalypsis. It's opening the lid open. It's pulling the lid off. It's showing men the way. It's teaching them the truth that the only thing we can trust is the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ given through the prophets of God. Would you let the folks watching by way of internet today, Lord, if there's a man or a woman, no matter where they are, and they feel your spirit drawing them, would they, Lord, I pray that right now they would drop to their knees and they would say, Lord Jesus, would you please save me right now? I feel the Spirit drawing. I yield to the Spirit. I yield to Jesus. I give my heart and my life to you, Lord. I make you my master and my Lord. Lord, if they would do that, you would save them. And you would literally, at this moment, allow the Holy Spirit's presence to come into their life, in their heart, and dwell with them and teach them the truth of the Scriptures. They would begin to understand how they even got saved. I pray that your grace would be sufficient this morning in someone's life personally. The altar's open this morning. I just pray. Just pray right now. I'm just going to ask you just for a moment, before we even go any further, before the praise team begins to sing as Pam plays, I'm going to ask you right now, would you be willing, if you don't know Christ, would you just come right now? Would you just step out and come to Pastor Jerry and say, Brother Jerry, I've trusted a lot of things in my life, but now I want to trust Jesus today. I just want to wait on you. I want to give you that moment. If you want to just come pray, that's fine too as well. If you want to slip down before the praise team even starts, would you come and just come to the altar and pray if you want to? You may come. Call the people's names that you know right now that don't know Christ. Would you pray this for them? Let's do this. Let's make the message applicable this morning. Let's pray for our friends and our family very specifically that the Holy Spirit would reveal the truth to them. Lord, I pray for little Jordan this morning. And she, she just broke my heart, Father. Lord, I've wept over this young lady. I pray, God, that you, you've promised that if we 
sow with tears, we'll reap with joy. And I pray for her. I pray that you would reach her. I pray that every time I go into that store that I would bump into her. I pray her schedule would line up with mine so that I, when I go there, I would see her. And I would get a chance again to tell her how good my Jesus is. Lord, I pray that you would remove pride and fear from this room right now so that Jesus Christ could, could draw and the Holy Spirit could allow people to respond. Would you come this morning? If you don't know Christ, would you come? Don't rely on your denomination. Don't rely on your education. Don't rely on your best friend or your mama. And for heaven's sake, don't, don't rely upon your grandparents' religion. This is between you and Jesus. Would you come this morning? Would you give your life to Christ? He loves you so. Thank you.